Do you like to binge watch TV? Did you know you could binge listen to podcasts? Head over to electronicmediacollective.com where they have podcasts for days. You like podcasts about wrestling? They have that. Do you like podcasts about TV and film? They have that. Do you like podcasts about horror? EMC has that too. Do you like comedy? Do you like books? Guess what? They've got you covered. Head over to electronicmediacollective.com Pick your favorite podcast today. Hey, boils and ghouls. This is David Howard Thornton from Terrifier and Terrifier 2, and you're listening to Moose's Monster Mash. to another episode of Moose's Monster Rush. I'm your host, Moose. And we have a return guest who promises for a very uh, terrifying episode. I don't want to bury it too much, so let's just get into it. Please welcome back, Mr. Michael Levy. Hi, good to be back on. Uh, Nice to be chatting with you. A lot's gone on since we last spoke, and uh, I'm ready to, I'm excited and ready to talk about it. Yeah, it's been, like, I I was looking at it, and almost a year to the day since you were uh, last on, it's like, that's, it's insane that, you know, everything's come so far. It's full circle, and it's funny, like, the last time we spoke, I'm sure there was a lot I wanted to talk about regarding Terrifier Uh 2, and I just couldn't. And, um, you know, now it's really uh, it's really awesome to be able to share everything that was going on and have everyone kind of understand what we went through, what we shot um, and able to experience it for themselves. Well, and speaking of sharing, you know, you have your uh, project stream that, you know, you're working on. You just recently had some pretty big casting news that you shared with everybody. You have the, you know, the, the one and only you know, Mr. Terry Kaiser himself has joined the fray. What's. Uh, how surreal is that i mean yeah it's it's so cool and terry's like one of the best i i I, like i didn't realize how you know really talented the man is i've always admired him from afar but then i got to work with him on a on another film and i got to see up close and personal just how you know just how amazing he really is and just how talented he really is that he was able to take this whole monologue it was like four pages of exposition and i was able to witness him make it interesting and make it cool and make it unique that i'm like was leaning in just wanting to hear what was going to come out of his mouth next and the little nuances he would do with his fingers and touching and and just made it feel so real and organic so he was someone after that moment i says i you know i'd love to work with him i'd love to get him in something really fun and cool and, and do something different so the opportunity presented itself with stream and we added him to our our cast and you know we have a rock star cast for anybody who hasn't heard about it i mean we have jeffrey combs danielle harris tony todd tim reed mark holton dave sheridan felissa rose d wallace um it's really the the who's who of horror i mean yeah it's it's a really incredible list of people and people that i've always admired people that i've always loved their work for uh love their work and what they've done over the years so um to be able to add terry to that and it was tough to hold back you know i'm so excited to talk about these things that you know it's 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 tough when we can't so i was really happy that we were able to make the announcement and you know he's just beyond just being a really incredible performer he's just a super cool down-to-earth person 
Um, you know, and I, like I said, I didn't really know him well before this, but uh, we became really close and friendly over the shoots and, you know, conventions now. And, and he's just one of the best, one of a kind, totally genuine and just really, really fun to hang out with. Hell yeah. So how is production on uh, stream going? Because I think when we talked last, you were just getting in, like you, you had just done the first, uh, like first one or two uh, crowdfunding campaigns. And, you know, like I said, we're here a year later. How's everything progressing it's progressing wonderfully um you know obviously the only thing is i wish it was out now yeah. <laughs> because you know it's just like um i wanted it out yesterday it's just there's so much happening but we want to make sure that it's right the plan was always to have terrifier 2 come out first and now that that has happened you know now things are falling into place with stream so everything's been going according to plan it's just i'm just excited to share it with the world um we have a full cut of the film it's currently being, you know, scored and composed, and we're going to be entering sound design stuff now. Um, we are also having effects being done on it. Now, it's mostly a practical, I mean, it's all a practical effects movie. Damien Leone does all the effects, but because it's a modern technological kind of horror film, there's some screen replacement things that we have to do. So there's, there's minimal VFX things that have to, that have to get done. So that's being worked on. Um, we still have a few things as, as we're tightening up the, uh, the overall runtime of the film. We don't want to make another super duper mega slasher of two and a half hour movie. Um, Why not? <laughs> you know, it, you never know. I mean, I can't say it won't be a longer running time, but it's not going to be that. Um, we want to make sure that the movie's told in the, in the right amount of time that gets the story across and that, and that makes sense. But I promise it won't be two and a half hour movie, but it'll probably be somewhere in between an hour 45 to two hours in that mark. Uh, you know, and, and, uh, so we're, we're in the process of getting that kind of tweak it down a little bit more. Um, and now, of course, uh, you know, it gets to the point where I'm like, Hey, I think we could add something here or change something there. So before we totally picture lock it, um, there's just a few little cool effects things we're trying to do and put in there. So, uh, but we're wrapping it out and, uh, I couldn't be more excited and I can't wait for everyone to, to see it. Well, and I, I think I messaged, I mentioned this when I messaged you, you're like the gift that keeps giving to me, man. I mean, I had you on <laughs> in last December, I have you on now. And then when stream drops, I'll have you back. So, I mean, it's just, it, it's a very fun working relationship and it's, Watching all these projects come to fruition and grow through, you know, from where we talk at the beginning, you know, like, you know, we talked Terrifier 2 last year and couldn't really get into much. And here shortly, we're going to get into a lot. <laughs> and, you know, Stream, it was early inception. Now it's close to uh, release. So from like a fan perspective and, you know, not, not even the, hey... I always have content, but like as a fan perspective, it's really fun to watch that uh, progression from beginning to end, uh, how these projects come to fruition. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And and honored that you keep bringing me back and want to have me back. Uh, it's always a pleasure. And I'm just happy that I'm able and to talk about new things and give updates and stuff. And it's not just stagnant. So that's right. exciting for me. Um, and that's, you know what it is? It's just, that's what I'm very passionate about this uh, career and very passionate with what I do. I love the people I work with. I love the projects I'm a part of. So, you know, I'm just honored to be able to keep working and um, to keep doing new, cool and, and different, exciting stuff. Um, and, you know, and that's something I've always wanted to do since I was a kid was to get into this career. So the fact that it's actually happening and it's people are appreciating what we're doing. I, it's just so surreal. and I couldn't ask for anything more. It, it, it definitely, uh, like I said, the projects you're on, 
you know, especially with Terrifier 2, and we'll get into it more here briefly, um, but they really are, like, the indie filmmaker's dream come true. You know, and, like, you look at, let's just say the story of, you know, art, that is like the uh, Cinderella story of horror. Starts as like this little short movie, and now blockbuster sensation. You know, I mean, if that's not living the dream, I don't know what is. Yeah, and you know, that's also why when we had when we had done the first film, we had uh, a really nice following, and it was kind of like a cult fan mm -hmm. base. You know, it wasn't super huge, but it wasn't small by any means, and. Um, they discovered us through Netflix and then we shoot Terrifier 2 and we're almost done. We get a pandemic. We get shut down. We couldn't keep going forward. We had to stop. We had to wait. We had to adjust like everybody else with their plans to the world. Right. And during that time and then uh, which it helped us and we'll probably get more into this. It actually helped us redo an entire scene that we had already shot that uh, we thought we could make it a little cooler and a little better for everyone. And um, the scene was the bedroom scene. Which is uh, why that ended up becoming it's so crazy. The scene. <laughs> right. It's the right. scene in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So that was something that COVID actually helped us um, in many ways to be able to go back and do that. But then, you know, it, it comes out and it's only supposed to have a three day run. And then all of a sudden it's selling out and then the word of mouth starts going and then it has that, that whole uh, passing out and fainting in theaters. And now it becomes a challenge to go and finish the film and that grows and it was all organic you know and that's what's really cool about it is that there was no marketing for this film we were low budget two hundred fifty thousand dollar movie literally nine people nine core people made this movie and uh you know so it wasn't a huge productions by any means um and we went and really made an ambitious film when i first read that script that damien showed me back in 2018 or or whatever it was um it was I said, this is like a two, three million dollar movie. And he goes, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll 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 get it down to our budget. But this is really what I wish it could be and hope it could be. We shot every single thing that I read in that script. Oh, nice. Everything. And I'm so proud and honored and happy with the way it turned out. And again, just for nine people doing it, um, it was incredible. And I, I got to give so much props to the entire crew and cast. Uh, for just believing in this project and for all of us coming together and doing this, because there's no other way we could have done it um, if you didn't have the people believing in it and, and and really wanting it to succeed. But to circle back to your question, it's just I'm just so honored and happy that the audiences are finding it and appreciating it and liking it. And to see it explode the way it is, it really is so humbling, so surreal. And I couldn't be more happy. It's It's really something. It's a dream come true. It really is. Well, and from the little bits I've seen from stream, you know, the casting news and just the, the little updates here and there, I think it might be on the same trajectory. We hope so. And, you know, we're, we're putting our same, you know, heart and soul into it. It's something I'm very passionate about. It's something that I've been passionate about the last few years to get off the ground. Um, and, you know, with, just like with Terrifier, we want to make sure that we have a fan base now that is looking at everything we're doing, that we want it to come out when it's right, when it's ready, and give our fans, our viewers, our audiences the best possible version of the film that they can, you know, appreciate and enjoy. You know, we don't want to shortchange anyone. We really, you know, we, we love our fans and we want to make sure that we deliver. And with Stream, we're doing that just that. And we hope that uh, it has the same love that Terrifier does for, for Stream. We hope that our fans enjoy it just as much. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. 
Awesome. Awesome. I can't wait. I can't wait to talk more on it and for you to see it. And, you know, it's one thing I have to say is it's not Terrifier. You know, it's not, you know, there's no Art the Clown and things like that. But what's cool is we have really creative kills. Obviously, Damien Leone's doing all the special effects. There's some awesome gore stuff in there. And then there's a really cool, unique story. And what I like most about it, you know, obviously beyond the amazing cast we have, is it blends this modern kind of um, technology thing and the old school slasher 80s vibe. And that's what I'm really curious and um, excited about seeing how it resonates with fans. You know, uh, we were all craving new content. We're all craving stuff that is fresh and different. And it's like, okay, how do we do something that's not redundant? So it's like, you know, modern technology, right? The the phones, the internet, that's really, really scary. And it's like, how can we combine that with the slasher genre? And I think we did it in a very successful way. And I'm really excited to see how it pans out in, you know, just audience reaction. Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. It's one of those, like, you know, like I said, from inception, just kind of waiting. I'm like, yeah, this is, sounds like it's going to be a really cool take on, you know, essentially bringing horror into the modern world. And it's really looking forward to seeing how this plays out. So, thank you. Yeah. And there's, there's, I'll say this too. There's, um, there's like two other huge things that are involved in this film that I can't talk about and probably won't talk about till the movie's released. Um, but horror fans, I know I would go insane when they, when, when we drop the news or when it's, when it's found out. Um, so I'm excited to when we do this again and I'm, we're able to talk about what those two things are. Um, but I, I just, I just want to say it and I just can't, but I'm excited that. Right. That is there. No. So in the, uh, you know, vein of exciting and talking about things. This is when I get to do the part that I'm less excited about. Listeners, if you haven't watched Terrifier 2 yet, this would be a good time to stop the episode because there will be spoilers from this point on. You've been warned. Now, Terrifier 2. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, like, you know, you, you sit back and it's hyped everywhere and you're like is the hype real and then you watch it and you're like yeah the hype's fucking real i mean this movie is just insane it's got story it's got depth it's i mean there's so much involved in this that you you don't honestly these days you don't really expect it from horror this is like movie masterclass with horror you know enveloped in you know, I mean, it starts, we, we start out literally at the very end of the first one, but it's not in that same tropey way of like, oh, let's replay the last little bit of the film. Like, you don't actually catch that it's happening right then until, what, 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes in, I think? Right. And then, you know, you see the end clip from the, you know, the, the attack scene on the... Uh, corner talk show oh the talk um, show playing on tv and you're like oh shit okay that that's right this is right where it's at you know and it it was just like intense well what's so funny is that no one realizes or now they probably do which we always were talking about that terrifier one is taking place during terrifier two it, meaning like that opening when the you see the thing with the talk show. Terrifier 1 is a flashback, if you really think about yeah. it. Yeah. Because you see 
um, what had happened to Victoria. You see her face. You see what's going on. Right. And then it goes back and the story is kind of told, you know, it, it starts over. So Terrifier 2, there's that same moment where the talk show is happening. He's in the same room that he's building the same weapon he was building in part one. But now you see the little pale girl was sitting there the whole time that we introduced. So you get a little glimpse yeah. of Terrifier 2 in Terrifier 1. And not many people uh, knew that. Uh, you know, obviously, when they were watching the first one, they had no idea what Terrifier 2 even was. Um, but that was something I was really excited about when we did Terrifier 2. And I was like, wow, this is like really cool that we're that we're including this and having it kind of catch up and then go forward. Um, but yeah, when we kind of did it in a reverse way, like you said, we didn't do a show him waking up in the corner, show that same thing we did. We just opened the movie to him crawling out from after the show. And now we're into it. You oh, know, yeah. there, was no, there was no BS. It was just boom. You know, we're in it and it's happening right now. Uh, and that's kind of the advantage you get to have when you're doing a sequel because you already kind of set up the world it's in. So there's you don't really need too much. Uh, hey, this is Art the Clown. Hey, this is what's going. It's just boom. We can get to the goods and we can jump in. And then after that, the movie will take its little bit of exposition where you get to meet our new characters, obviously, Sienna, Jonathan and the Shaw family. But we were able to really, boom, open up with a bang, you know, and not have to show too much of that lead into it because it was a sequel. And we really took full advantage of that. Two very interesting sets of characters introduced in this one. You have the Shaw family, who is interestingly, you know, very interwoven with art in this movie. And you have the little pale girl. And at the end of the movie, you're still left with questions that you want more about both. You know, like, you know, how long has, you know, how long has the you know, little pale girl been there? Like, is that actually the girl? Is it a demon taking the girl's form? I mean, there's some, like, good questions, you know? Not like, what the hell is that? But, you know, jump over to the Shaw family. Why them? Why is this family so interconnected with his story? You know, I mean, you jump back to like Halloween, you know, it's Michael and Lori, Michael and Lori, Michael and Lori. But it's never really been like here. It is 100%. These, these two sets of characters are very connected in like, you know, the dad had the drawings and he, you know, art is very, very interested in tracking these two down. So it's like, okay, what drives that? And I'm hoping as the third one uh, goes into development, the, uh, you know, I'm just assuming, but, uh, you know, that, that story gets explored a little bit more because there's a lot of theories one of which I think is probably the most interesting is that Art is their dad, which I did want to ask you, what do you think of that theory? I mean, you, you know, just, just from a fan perspective. It's very interesting, and I think it's a cool theory, um, and I see why it is a theory. Um, and it's funny because, like, when I had read the script, and I know where it's going, so it's tough to kind of separate, right. you know, uh, that's um, why I was like, it's just a fan. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I read the script, I was saying the same things. And when, uh, and I had the same conversations with Damien, and then he answered them accordingly. Um, and like I said, I know where it's going. And Damien had always had this, uh, this 
uh, you know, thought process of, okay, he knows he wants to tell this story over three films, um, potentially four now I'm hearing, <laughs> but, you know, definitely three. It was always the idea of being a trilogy. And Damien, uh, you know, he says, I'm going to be done with this when there's no more story left to tell. But he's doing it in a very deliberate way in when he's revealing things and how mm -hmm. he's revealing things and how much he's revealing and how much he's not revealing. And I think that's a really a mark of a good story where you answer some questions from the first, you give them new things to think about, and then you raise holy hell and, you know, yeah. get them excited for, you know, the, the, the next installment. Um, there's a reason they're connected. You you will get a little bit more insight. Uh, Damien does do some spoiler things with his thinking and what he's doing uh, on the Blu-ray and the commentary. So when that comes out, you'll get a little bit more. But again, he holds it all back for the third one. But he does give a little bit more to some of these questions um, into why certain things are there. One of the biggest things that he talks about is why the dream sequence the uh, Clown Cafe sequence is so integral to the story where there's a lot of people just saying, oh, this was just this big set piece in the middle of the, in the beginning of the film that uh, has no rhyme or reason. And Damien talks about how important that scene actually is in Sienna's journey in being worthy to be able to take on Art the Clown and why she is chosen. And, you know, that little bit with the whole dad and stuff like that, with, you know, the sword and things. So, um definitely take a look take a listen to that when it when it comes out for sure but uh yeah it's it's uh deliberately done and uh there will be you know questions all of this stuff you're talking about why the shaw family why is art so connected the pale girl uh her being the first victim is this her is this a, the devil or demonic you know force is it one and the same um and then also uh the dad questions and then um you know a really nice and satisfying ending uh, to this whole Art the Clown saga. And like I said, the only thing I don't know is, is it going to end at part three or is it going to end at part four? Is he going to split it and do like what, uh, you know, uh, what Harry Potter did and all that stuff? 1A, what, you know, 3A, 3B, whatever, four and three and four. Um, and I don't know if he knows that answer yet. I say if the story's there, it could, either way, right. it's going to be a hell of right. a movie. And he does, right. He doesn't know the answer yet. So he's got a treatment. He knows where it's going. He knows how it's ending. He knows where we're starting from. And it's just kind of laying everything in now and connecting the dots. Uh, you so know, he's got the journey mapped out, but there might be some detours uh, exactly. along the way. Exactly. And, you, and that's great, too, because, you know, you'd be silly to just kind of be so... Yeah. narrow-minded straight ahead and don't look at your peripherals where this film is now out there in the world so we're hearing a lot of feedback from our audiences and what they like what they don't like what they think what they enjoy so we would be silly not to at least take into consideration some of the things they're talking about um and what they enjoy because ultimately we're making these films for you guys for the fans and we want to make sure that you guys enjoy it and love it so we have our what we want to do but you know if there was um something that we thought might be cool we'll definitely consider exploring it because you know we want to we want to make sure we make a great film well and one of the things i really enjoyed about this film was the uh foreshadow payoff on a lot of the deaths like obviously you you kind of knew sienna was going to walk out you didn't know about her brother you know you don't know you don't really know who all you're interacting with is going to survive in a horror movie Right. And as you're watching this, there's a lot of very subtle, like, foreshadowing things that, oh, this is the next person. This is the next person. I think, hands down, the best, like, long-run setup was Barbara Shaw's death. Because, you know, there's a little comment, 
and then like the best placement of the they're coming for you barbara you know that i've ever seen in cinema <laughs> you know because it is like the ultimate is like oh she's gonna go but it's just like it was really good to just watch that and then you're like okay she's gonna die when's she gonna die and then we get to her death and it's just like okay the wait was worth it right you know, it wasn't just a quick kill you know yeah yeah, there was a lot of thought process that was put into the story this, you know, this time around. Whereas the first film was very much this is an introduction to Art the Clown. This is his, this is what he is. This is the world. And Damien really wanted to make the last, you know, 20 minutes of a slasher movie stretched out over 90 minutes. And that's exactly what we did. Mm -hmm. For this one, you know, Fans wanted a more traditional, uh, more in-depth story. That was always the plan to make a more traditional in-depth story. And this this movie now was really Sienna's story. And now building that connection, introducing her and giving Art a worthy adversary, you know, uh, a worthy final girl mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, we can continue this journey and make it really, really interesting. So the story plot points and how everything was, was really, really, you know, deliberate. We sat down, he's Damien sat down, Damien went through the whole thing, made sure he had his beats, made sure he had his, his, his points, shared it with me, shared it with people he trusts. Um, and he was great about, you know, feedback with it. You know, what do you think? Uh, um, what, what do you like? What do you dislike? Tear it apart. And, uh, you know, and I think in the end, even though it was two hours and whatever, 20 minutes, 18 minutes, uh, it didn't feel that way because it was uh, a really good story. It was a fun story and it, it, the pacing was, was on, was on point. So it all came together. Well, and you, you mentioned this is, you know, really Sienna's story and the first time you watch it, hell, even the second time you watch it. The, the the movie's kind of a mind fuck, you know, and you know, like what's real, what's like okay, the dream sequence, um, how much, like how influential is that, you know, because like she has the dream and then fire, so it's like exactly how much of that actually happened, exactly, you know? and then we and have that and there's the sword and there's right. the sword that she that she cuts his that she cuts you know she cuts his head off with spoiler big one yeah. <laughs> um, and uh right and then there's that but in the dream she was able to stop him from attacking her and that was her moment of you know what i mean it was her aha moment of like oh okay so when this happens this exactly. is what i need exactly so she you know she was up for the challenge so yeah even though it's a dream sequence is it a dream sequence um i'll let damien's commentary when you yeah. take that answer that question for you yeah but yeah, yeah. It, it was it was one of the more interesting things because like you had the dream sequence you have uh later in the film uh, you know, a, a play with like light and dark and, you know, supernatural powers and, you know, we revisit the dream world and, you know, or do we, you know, like, was she just knocked unconscious and because uh, this is a spoiler episode. So what I'm talking about is, you know, when she gets cut, she gets knocked down into the hole and it's like, okay. Looking at how Damien writes, you have to wonder, did she actually get healed? Did she uh, uh, go into this dream world? Or did she, like, adrenaline kick in and she's still bleeding out and still comes back to whoop his ass? Right, you know, right. It, 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 it's, you're not right. sure what's real and what's, uh, 
like right. a, a dream and, and at that, this point. Exactly. And that and that's something that, you know, uh, I was very fascinated by and I like the, the different interpretations of it. And, you know, what was interesting, too, is like that Sienna in her like she's in her hell. Right. Whether it's mm-hmm. in her head, whether she's really there and she's perpetually drowning and she's seeing everything that she had in this dream sequence. And it's like, OK, is she really in that place now? Um, what is this place? Is it uh, is it an actual place that is it involved with her father? Is it you know what I mean? So there's so much there that uh, we'll be revealing as the film, as the the franchise expands. Um, and, you know, obviously in part three opening stuff, you're going to get a lot of those answers and then there's going to be some more questions and then, you know, the story will, will go from there. But yeah, that was what I was excited about just visually too, what we were able to do with this film. Cause the first film we were li- very limited in the locations. There was the pizzeria outside the car and the warehouse. Right. And then the morgue at the end. I mean, this film <clears throat> was so exciting because the set pieces we were able to go, we were in a club, we were in the. We were in the crypt, we call it, where yeah. it's the where the hole that she falls in and, and that layer there. And then we were in the clown cafe and, you know, the fright factory where she was at in the terrifier mm-hmm. and, and the carnival. So there was just so many amazing, beautiful set pieces to really make this film pop, you know, and, and have this kind of uh, a really beautiful um, feel for a horror film that's about blood and gore and guts, but we were able to kind of do it, you know, make it pretty. And, and so that was something that was really, really ex- exciting and really a challenge that we wanted to, uh, to do. And, and, you know, and that's what I was most excited about when it read so well on screen. Oh yeah. And it, it came across gorgeously. And in the, 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 the crypt scene, you know, what I really liked the most was oddly enough, the lighting, you know, you had that, light play of light and dark you know is there you know good versus evil you know angel demonic you know just so much going on and it was so subtle yeah that yeah it was just like yeah yeah and you know that was something i was very concerned with in the beginning was this supernatural fantasy element that we were now bringing into it where i was like are fans going to appreciate what we're doing here so it's nice to hear you talk about that good versus evil light and dark because you know we were taking a risk the first film was a straight up like a michael myers kind of slasher and arts there and then he dies it's like okay he comes back to life so we were hinting at it right we were hinting that hey this is the only way it could go the jason Voorhees, freddy krueger route um where it's supernatural um but you know again you just don't know and we went full-blown fantasy with a lot of this stuff and and i'm so happy that people are buying the world they're believing it they're getting what we were doing they're getting damien's vision and they're enjoying it and having fun with it it's funny you mentioned (laughs) freddy krueger because uh one of the vibes i got very early on was like you know dream warriors and dream master that little chunk right there and then, you know, it's like, obviously because of the dream sequence and, you know, then the fire and it's like, you know, is she bringing him back through her dreams? You know, is this where this is headed? And then we get to like the biggest reveal of all at the very end of the movie. And if, again, if you're listening at this point and you still haven't seen it, stop. <laughs> but we get to the end an archery born <laughs> and one it was god it was a grotesque scene but grotesque in a good way you know if that makes sense like yeah 
like all the gore and everything really fit what uh, Victoria was going through at that time. Right. But you have Art Reborn as a head. And very much got that, like, oh, it's, you know, it really solidified that, like, uh, you know, Freddy Krueger uh, dream sequence uh, feel when, you know, he's being reborn through uh, Alice and all that in five. So it's like, there's the payoff. Yes. You yeah. Know, so that, that was a nice, uh, that was a gorgeous yeah. tie in. Yeah, it was, it's funny because like the whole time we were making the movie, I just kept saying this is like our Dream Warriors. Yeah. Um, this is our version of that or Evil Dead 2 or whatever. And um, funny, a, a mistake kind of, you know, coincidence, I should say, that happened was uh, the floor in the kitchen of the Sienna, the Shaw's household, is red and green patterned. <laughs> so you, you don't see it as much in the film, but you notice it when the Wacky Jacks falls on the floor of the cereal. Yeah. And you can see the pattern, and we were like, "Oh, this is freaking cool!" So it was a nice little. There was a nice know. coincidence. Yeah, so that was cool. But the the rebirth, the the head thing, dude. That scene we shot twice. The first time we shot it, and this we just announced this at Monster Mania, so I can talk about it. Um, we had Chris Jericho come in, and we did the whole thing to where Art was actually in the back of her head. And she pulls the hair and he's back there like malignant. As, as I said, just like a malignant thing. And that's why it's not like that. <laughs> we saw malignant, like we shot it and like two months later, malignant comes out and it's we like, were fuck. like, oh, fuck. And they did it way better than us too. And we were like, oh my God. Like, so we were toying with not even doing that ending, opening, you know, redoing it and opening the sequence you saw opening the third film with. And, uh, <clears throat> I was just a really strong proponent of, man, there's some cool shit in here. And plus Jericho's in here and yeah. bringing Victoria back. I was like, you need that moment. I like how it ended with Sienna and them. It's peaceful and it's moving, but you need that extra horror. Boom. But, you know, he's coming back. No, so yeah, and, it's, uh, a, it's a driving point to get you to the next film. Exactly. And, uh, and Damien really liked what we had had. So Damien got back to the drawing board. And uh, we came up with this, the rebirth with the head. And now it's taking us on a whole new opening journey for part three. I bet. Uh, we can't wait to explore and to reveal. And um, so, you know, you never know how one thing is going to affect something. And, and in this case, it ended up helping us working out. Uh, and I think it ended up honestly just being more unique and better. It's just a head. She gave birth to his head. <laughs> Wink. You know, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's so much there, and uh, it's a brutal scene. It is. It's yeah. a gory, brutal, grotesque. It's the only scene in theaters when I actually saw it. I was like, oh, man, this is a lot. Like, even, like, for me, who was there, shot it, saw the whole, and I was like, oof, this is fucking crazy. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and <laughs> it, talking about, you know, back to the drawing board and reshoots, there's a scene leading up to this movie's The Scene, and listeners when i say the scene obviously terrifier one it's the hacksaw scene the equivalent or i guess even successor uh to the body split scene ha is just shot phenomenally but leading up to that is when art breaks into the house and i was watching for this for when this took place because when I interviewed uh, David Howard Thornton last year, you know, I, I asked him, you know, hey, are there any, you know, behind the scenes, 
behind the scenes things that you can talk about that, you know, so when you were watching it, we're like, oh, that's what happened. And he was talking about, he goes, I can't tell you what the scene is, but there's a scene where there's two big pieces of glass put up and it breaks and it was supposed to be like a jump scare. But then we're like, well, shit, it broke. We're not going to reshoot it. Yeah. Yeah. What do we do? So like, it broke in transport. It, it broke in transport. Yeah. And, uh, we were bringing over that huge sheet that my brother and Steve made, and I guess the mix. How it's very delicate the way you how much you mix and what goes on. So that whole sheet of glass for that uh, for that sliding so that's door. Sugar glass. That's just sugar glass, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's yeah. It's it's and it's so freaking you know uh-huh. uh, dainty. Shattered right in the bright right when we was pulled up shattered and we were like, oh god So then we just started piecing we took out the door started piecing stuff in and then that whole him walking in from the side Drinking the water opening the cabinets uh, was all improv uh, and, and made up on the day and I think <clears throat> that works better than like a through-the-door jump scare or because like it fits him more where he's just like I'm here Right, let's have some fun right and he fucking does yeah he scalps her he <laughs> fucking rips her apart. i mean the eye thing too oh my right god now. yeah you know and the one thing before i go back into diving into the scene i learned that people in this movie have a very high uh threshold for life right because <laughs> there's a couple times in this movie where <clears throat> if i were the you victim you just tap out. out yeah passed out dead done over yeah, but no, not these guys. They, they they're fighting for their life, man. And yeah, we're here in the bedroom scene, and she's just getting ripped apart. You know, and there's a glimmer of hope. The phone rings, and you think she's gonna be able to, you know, let Sienna know what's going on. A little heads up. Nope. Here he comes back to literally add salt to the wound. Yep. And I mean, there's salt, there's bleach, and it's just like, I would love to look inside Damien's head for like a day, <laughs> just live in that space for a day to see where all this comes from. It's so crazy too. Cause he's one of the nicest real gore makes him uncomfortable. Like if I show him like a real accident or something horrific or that's gory, yeah. he can't look at it. He can't, he gets queasy. He can't do it. So it's so interesting how he makes these films mm-hmm. and he's known for these kinds of effects. And yet on the flip side, right. It's like, he can't even handle certain things like that. And, uh, I know for that particular one, I think it was he was reading a book about Jack the Ripper. And there was something similar in the book that he was like, and again, I don't I don't know how much of it was there, but I know there was something in there. Maybe it was the bleach or the salt or maybe it was just the scalping or I don't know. It was something that then kind of had the jump off spot that went in his head. And then Mm -hmm. he started coming up with all this craziness. But all of that stuff. Uh, that you see was done. We had shot the scene once before, and uh, we knew this would be the scene we were going to try to rival the hack scene, the hacksaw scene with. But it just wasn't living up to what Damien had had in his head and um, what we knew the rest of the film was. So when COVID hit and uh, we had some time because we were like in it every day, working, 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 burning ourselves out, running around around the clock, twenty two hours, twenty four hours. And uh, this was all part of that. So when COVID hit, we were able to kind of hit the reset button and take a step back and then re-hit the drawing table and say, okay, now we have some time here. What can we fucking do? And we went in there. Him and Phil Falcone uh, built that freaking puppet 
at the end where she's on the bed and yeah. she's not stop motiony. I mean, it's beautiful. It's so perfect. And you can see the muscles moving and, you know, Steve's under the bed and working it. And it was just incredible. And uh, we were able to make that scene something that everyone's talking about now and something that's uh, lives up to, you know, the rest of the film and beyond. Yeah. I, I read an article a couple of days ago in preparation for this. It calls it like the most controversial scene in, uh, media i'm like really i wonder what was controversial about it it seemed pretty straightforward to me right <laughs> yeah it's 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 just so surreal how everyone's and it's funny like i love that kill it's the one that everyone's talking about i think it's cool but my favorite kill isn't even that kill my favorite kill in the movie is uh brooke's death in the bathroom with the uh with the weapon he makes when he cracks open her chest and the acid and all that crazy mm-hmm. stuff i just had a lot of fun shooting that kill. I think it came out really cool when it was all said and done. Like in her face with all her stuff bubbling, there's like yeah. con- there's condoms in there with a blow with blowing it, and so it's popping. You know what I mean? So I like the way I saw all that, yeah. <laughs> well, the way that all came together, and then uh, I was actually the one doing the um, the hitting because Dave wears contacts and stuff, and he couldn't, you know, he didn't want to mess up the. You know, we only had one take at really cracking open the stuff, so I was the one. Uh, ripping apart the body, and and you know, I made sure I destroyed that freaking thing so we can go home. <laughs> Damien couldn't get any more takes. Fuck a pinata. <laughs> yeah, I would go in, hook the knife, and then rip it out so it was just to shreds. But honestly, Dave was so happy because it looks great on film. And Art the Clown—that's how he kills. So, yeah. um, you know, I really we, like we, that. We learned came that uh, Art has this affinity for shitty bathrooms. Yeah, that bathroom was disgusting. They just had, we were at Monster Mania, and somebody recreated the set for our photo ops. And I walked into the room, and I, I could have sworn just with these three walls, I was back. We were back transported into that set, and I was having severe PTSD. <laughs> no, I, I, was like, I, I oh, believe man. it. I mean, the, the sets were insane. I mean, you look at uh, the amusement park, and... You know, you're you're inter- introduced to the, the the terrifier exhibit, which presumably is where his origin story will pick up. You know, because it's like, oh, terrifier, got it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's this like evil clown carnival thing, and it built like you know a standard haunted house with jump scares and stuff like this. So there's a lot that went into just that just that set just that little piece of set really and then yeah you get to like the bathroom and it's super grungy i'm assuming this time on purpose and not just oh we had a shitty bathroom to shoot in yeah all on purpose because <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that was the uh, other uh comment that uh david made was like yeah there's a bathroom scene but this time it's not just coincidence that the bathroom just happens to look like shit (laughs) and i learned that i really like bathroom kills i don't know why (laughs) but a fight in the bathroom just yeah really really brings something up in you you know (laughs) yeah yeah it does i i started liking them when i seen uh 
when I remember seeing like the original Halloween H2O and there was, it wasn't a kill, but like he was in the bathroom and she was in the stall lurking. And I was wishing they always did something more there. And then in Halloween 2018, they did. Yeah. They did some, and it was cool. And she's crawling on the floor. And I had shot a film years ago that never got released. Uh, and we did like a cool bathroom kill and like, you know, one of those bathrooms you don't want to go in, but you're at like a bar and it's like a concert's going on. Like, you got to uh... go in there. And it's like, right, one of those. And we did like a, a really cool sequence in the bathroom. So I, I I agree. I think they shoot really nice. And I think there's something off-putting about it. But, you know, it because it, it puts your viewer, because we've all been in that situation. So we're immediately connecting to whatever's going on in there. And then you add the kill on top of it. And it just makes it even more, you know, more painful and the worst. If the murderer doesn't get you, the diseases right. will. Exactly. Exactly. She all open wounds crawling on that freaking floor. <sighs> <so. laughs> Just, ugh. yeah, and I, I think where it works on another level is it's such a confined space. You know, like if you have a field kill, there's a lot of places you can go. You know, the, the exit is right there, but you're in this bathroom and there's nowhere to go. There's one door and it it's blocked off. You're, you're, you're fucked. And yeah. I think that adds an automatic, just heightened sense to the uh, viewer. Because like you said, you know, we, we've all been to those like murder bathrooms and you're, you know, you keep your eye on the door like, okay, that's my way out. And then you get to something like this and you watch the way out get blocked. You're like, right. what would I now do? Right. <laughs> I'd now die. What? Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was, uh, Again, it really awesome just a set piece that uh, you know visually looks great, came together, and and it, and it it brings that realism to you know where you don't get pulled out of the film where it's like oh well I could have gotten out of here. It brings that like oh shit like and that's what I like about you know certain films the horror films that do that where it's like okay they did everything right that we would be yelling at them to do and they still couldn't get out. That's horrifying. Um. I think one of my favorite shots, interestingly enough, was when he get Art gets shot by his own gun, and it's it's almost a payoff to and you know I, I was guilty of it when I first watched the the original Terrifier, the you know, you know it's a cop out killers using guns, but then you're like you know no at that point he'd pretty much reached the fuck it point, you know but now you have Art fighting for his life. And there's his little ankle gun again, and just bah! You know, it's like ha, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> you know, I, I think just watching back, it's like uh, again, it goes to that like long term payoff thing where it's just like, yeah, that's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it was, uh, you know, definitely a, a fun moment to to put together, and and the way that effect too was done, that was also all practical. There was no cg or any of those things like the way we did it we actually did it on set with the with the gunpowder going and a light flicker gag and stuff and he really got blown back and fell onto a mat so that was really just cool to see how it all came together and then for story wise you know you just see that art's got all these tricks up his sleeve or up his leg pant right yeah. and it's like you know you never know what the hell this clown could pull out at any given moment you know, and the fact that Jonathan was smart enough, recognized, saw it, used it against him, you know, that's what makes it fun, and that's what makes it different. And in that same environment, 
little backstory. So my nieces and nephews, when they haven't, when they're having trouble going to bed at night, or not really trouble, but refuse to go to bed at night, I should say, um, I'll get a call, and you know the boogeyman has to like talk to him a little bit, and yeah, I would tell them that you know make sure you go to bed, or I'm gonna you know the boogeyman's gonna eat your toes. <laughs> and then we get to Terrifier Two, and you have Art just munching on Jonathan's foot and leg, and you're just like, "Well, <laughs> shit, okay." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to change that, that one. A, yeah, that was <laughs> that was a uh, a definite turning point when I forgot. It was funny. I forgot that happened, and like we did that whole thing, and he was eating Jonathan's, uh, you know, body parts and then face and stuff. I totally forgot about it until we were in the theater, and I was like, "Oh shit!" I I, I don't know why it was blocked out of my mind. It must have been like four in the morning after a you know thirty hour day, and it was just like okay, watching it. And I I don't know why I don't even remember it in the script. And then when it happened, I was like, "Oh yeah, we did that. <laughs> we did that crazy." He's eating the kid. Yeah. <laughs> well, and speaking of kids, that was, that was another thing. You guys killed a kid on screen. That doesn't yeah. happen very often. No, it doesn't. Like, and, that uh, happened. I was like, oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we were very, uh, you know, we, we knew that would be, a con- you know, controversial. I'm surprised it doesn't come up as often as uh, I thought it would. You know, especially like all those kids, yeah. all those people killed in the clown cafe. I'm shocked. I mean, I guess there's just so much to uncover that it's just uh, overwhelming on which to really hit, hit hit home and talk about. But uh, yeah, it's like yeah, I, I think that was probably the most mind blowing for me. It's like they did it. Like you you see kids die in horror movies and stuff like that. I mean, Pet Cemetery is the first one that comes right. to mind. But like, it's never really on scene. Right. And here it is, right there on screen. This kid just done. It's like, yeah, <laughs> they went for it. I love yep. it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we, well, I said, you know, what's not been done? We got to take some risks. And uh, this is the film to do it with. You know, like I said, not every film is going to be a terrifier. Not every film Damien or I do is going to be like this, but this is that movie. Yeah. This is what we do with Terrifier. This is what is expected. And this is what you can expect. And then we do it. And, you know, that's the whole fun of, of working on a Terrifier film. Well, and David got to have a little bit of fun because he got to tap into his, uh, his one of his favorite roles, and that's the Joker. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was very much the voiceover at the Clown Cafe was one hundred percent Batman the Animated Series Joker. Yep, and that's his favorite of all time. Yeah. Mark oh, yeah. loves it. So for the fact that he was able to do something like that and be, you know what I mean, like, and it was cool that Dave got to do it because Dave doesn't have any lines in the film. I say he finally uh, got to talk, but not yeah, on screen, and, but he got and to it made, talk. Right, but it made but it made sense, which yeah. is what's awesome. It wasn't forced and it made sense on what it was, and he got to really do something that you know, it it got him into the show business. Why what he loves so much about uh, this this world and he got to do it. So, yeah, it was definitely cool. I'm glad Damien gave him that moment. Well, and even in the same scene like when he pulls out the uh you know, Tommy gun, that's still very much joker i mean that is old yeah. school joker just spray the room and drop everybody yeah you know, yeah so it's like not only did he get to voice his joker character he did get to you know play a little pay a little homage to like old school joker with the chicago typewriter and just level the room 
So yeah. as a fan and somebody, you know, who knows that, you know, that's where David really, you know, start got to start. That was fun to sit back and see. Yeah. 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 And it was just, and it was cool that, I mean, that whole set piece and that whole, everything that we did with that part of it was a lot of fun. It was like, you know, okay. And now he's got the Tommy gun. Okay. And now he's got the flamethrower and it was like, okay. And now there's a magical sword. And it was like, you know, the way it just kind of amped up. And this is the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Like this is before you even meet any of the friends. Like we really open up and it's like, here we are. Uh, What was your like favorite scene to shoot? Believe it or not, it was the Clown Cafe stuff was one of my favorite stuff to shoot. Reason for that is I was also the assistant director on the film. And uh, the, it was the smoothest and the most craziest shoot we've done. So many extras, so many people, yet it was the smoothest um, stretch of three days that we had had. We, we, we ended on time. We, uh, it was always a, a joy and a pleasure. We got to see some, you know, really cool stunts with guys on fire and flamethrower. So that was really, a, um, a lot of fun to shoot for sure. Um, I'll tell you, we hated shooting, uh, outside, uh, the death, the, the pee pee death when he's getting, uh, just that the tip. One. Oh, that, that one. Just the tip. I, I think that's that, the only one I actually cringed at. And I, I think death. most guys. Yeah. That death was hard hard to shoot because it was negative degree weather outside in the middle of like December or January. Because you guys always film in the winter. Yeah, it was horrible. So that was just condition wise was like one of the worst. And we had to do it back to back. So I remember like the next morning we went out myself, Damien and my brother, Jay, everybody else. I don't even know why we did this, but everybody else obviously did their smart thing and went home and went to sleep. Um, And it was a few days before Christmas. Uh, But we decided to go out to a diner and we're like this at the table. I remember our conversation. Like, hey, yeah, all right, that's over. Uh, You know, it was that was definitely the most grueling for sure. But the easiest, which is so funny, it was one of the biggest set pieces, was the clown cafe, and and I had the most fun. But when we're on set with everyone, it's always a lot of fun. I mean, every day, even as long as the hours are. I mean, these are these are my best friends that I'm working with, and they're like family now. So you know, we're always constantly laughing and and making jokes, and um, you know, it's just a really fun atmosphere. Well, and I finally got it out of my head, but one of the funnest things, and I think it might actually become a ringtone, I'm not going to lie, um, is the, the 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 song from the Clown Cafe. It has a nice jingle, and it's, it is so, it's such a stark contrast to what's actually going on in the scene. It, you know, again, it's kind of like you know back at the end the subtle light play here you have you know this just light and happy music and just murder and death and mayhem everywhere and that jingle still just kind of bopping along you're like yeah 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 it really sets it the mood it, <laughs> it does it does and that was the same for us. So imagine being on set for three days in a row, hearing that song on loop constantly. And, you know, by the beginning, I didn't know it at all. I thought, oh, that's cool. And then by the end of it, I was like, can someone please turn this freaking Shut thing shit off? off? Shut it off. And we're all, you know, singing the Clown Cafe. And then it was funny to see it happen to the general audiences now. And we're like, yeah, that's your turn. <laughs> it's, it's such an earworm. I mean, it is. It it, it it has that very you know it's that classic jingle where you know the music's just right and the words are kind of catchy and you're just like yeah fuck I can't get rid of it now <laughs> um, but 
I think we could keep diving into this, but we're going to be here for a couple days if we do. What I find interesting about how we ended up doing this, and this was not planned at all, we went beginning to end, I mean, I mean end to beginning for the uh, right. breakdown. Right. <laughs> we broke it down in reverse. So yeah. almost like Terrifier 1 being told, completely right. accidental. Right. So before we wrap up, why don't you let the listeners know where, you know, a little bit more about stream where they can yeah. uh, follow it and keep up to date sure. and stuff like that. Yeah. So obviously if you follow um, Fuzz in the Lens on all social medias or stream franchise, either of the two, you can get a lot of updates on what's going on with stream, the progress of stream, uh, who's involved with stream. Obviously you could search on IMDb and things like that. We ran a couple of crowdfunding things where we still have one opened at the moment as we're wrapping things out, just to let fans now that they're discovering us even more so through Terrifier 2 and what we're all about, uh, some last minute moments to jump on board and, you know, get, a perk and you know or have their name in the credits or whatever so you can see that on indiegogo if you search stream and you know you'll you'll be able to find it there um but yeah if you just follow fuzz in the lens or stream franchise you'll be able to 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 see what's going on and follow us on this cool journey and i can't wait till hopefully the next time we talk right. um we'll be talking about stream and all the cool fun stuff that we did there and all the practical effects and uh, all the unique kills in the storyline and i just can't wait for everyone to meet our characters it's fun. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm looking forward to it Thank you, thank you. And listeners, you know, I'll put those links in the episode description. You can find me and other great podcasters over at electronicmediacollective.com. Or if you just want to follow me in the podcast, look for me on Facebook and Twitter at Moose Media Inc. If you, if you made it this far and haven't seen Terrifier 2 yet, go see Terrifier 2. Watch for stream. Hell, go back watch Terrifier. It's the right time of year. Tune in next month for the 13 horrifying days of Christmas. That is 13 straight episodes in the month of December. Michael, the gift that keeps giving. I am absolutely thrilled that you were able to come back. This has been phenomenal. Thank you so much for having me back, and I'm excited to do it again, and uh, it's always a pleasure, man, and I appreciate you enjoying what we're doing. And until next time, Horror Hounds, mash on. This has been Moose's Monster Mash. Come back for more chills and thrills if you dare. <laughs>